Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to our very special Oscars 2014 podcast, recorded almost immediately after the show at the Dolby Theatre in Los Angeles ended. So please forgive me if we sound even more tired and spaced out and generally banjaxed than normal. Joining me to discuss the 86th Academy Awards are my very own statuesque statuette lovers. First up is the one and only. Helen O'Hara. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Thank you for calling me statuesque. Next up is the wickedly talented Popper Tom Flippity Bip. <laughs> I don't think it's going to translate. <laughs> it's, fine. It's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You destroyed me. I don't think that's going to translate. All right. <clears throat> Next up is the wickedly talented Phil Dissemlian. And last but not least, James Dyer. <laughs> How are you? Good. Good, good, good. Wow, some, some serious um, thought went into those interviews. This is, uh, oh, this is going to be uh, very interesting. What we're referring to, of course, is, I guess, the well, one of the great talking points of the uh, the Oscars was John Travolta. Uh, a lot of introductions were messed up during the, the Oscars this year, but John Travolta yes. completely got Adina Menzel's name wrong and during the introduction. He said, please welcome the wickedly talented, the one and only... <laughs> Adele Kasim. <laughs> just going, what? Adina Menzel, amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, she is a, a fairly major Broadway star. Like, you should probably have a clue. Also, he was introducing her. You know, <laughs> he should probably have taken it upon himself to maybe learn her name. But as we all know, speaking live in front of a lot of people, sometimes things happen, mm-hmm. things go wrong. Mm. You know, if, if only he'd had some kind of teleprompter that maybe had her <laughs> name on it. Maybe he suffers from Ron Burgundy-itis and he just reads out whatever's put in front of him. And maybe someone had just messed with him. Perhaps. Or maybe he's in touch with an alien presence. I don't know, in close proximity to his face, perhaps. <laughs> that controls him and uh, tells him things at <laughs> inopportune times. It's four syllables. Seems four unlikely. Four syllables he had to remember. He got one of them right. Okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> first, I think it's Five. Idina Menzel. That's it why is. I wasn't it asked is. to do it either. Welcome to our Empire uh, Oscars podcast. We've gone off the rails spectacularly already. Let's talk yeah. about. Uh, let's start with the big one. Then not John Travolta making a, a complete arse of himself, even more so than, than he, when he made From Paris with Love. Ooh, um, topical. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I couldn't think of a really bad John Travolta film. There must be one he's made in the last yeah. five minutes. Yeah. Um, anyway, the big uh, triumph of the night was Twelve Years a Slave which won Best Picture. It also won two other major awards. It won Best Adapted Screenplay for John Ridley and Best Supporting Actress for Lupita Nyong'o. But Best Picture was the big one. Mm. Came right at the end of the night, obviously. Uh, what do we make of that? Defying gravity, eh? Hey, <laughs> very good. Hey, hey, bringing good. it back to Dina Menzel. Hey, I like what you did there. And it's 5.30 in the morning. Oh, let, it, let it go. Yeah, very okay. good also, yes. Oh, we kept going back and forth, didn't we? All week people were talking about, you know, was American Hustle going to sneak in and steal it? Gravity began to look somehow unstoppable. It seemed to get a sort of momentum behind it coming into the Oscars that maybe hadn't had at some of the earlier award shows in the season. Um, but, I mean, if you were trying to look at the, the typical things that an Oscar film has, an Oscar winning Best Picture film has, you know, 12 Years a Slave has more of them than Gravity does. And so we can't really call it a surprise of any way. It was always going to be, you know, in the, in the last few weeks, it's always looked like it was going to be 12 Years a Slave or Gravity, and, and people just kept going back and forth on which they preferred. So it's not quite a shock, um, but it does feel it does feel good as a winner. I mean, not that I didn't love Gravity, I did, but this feels a, more of a 
typically Oscar-y, best picture-y kind of a film. I'd quite like to see the Academy give the best picture Oscar to something that's um, not the gravity of science fiction necessarily, but Mm. something that was quite sci-fi, quite uh, special effects-led. But having said that, 12 Years a Slave is is a fantastic film and a very, very worthy winner. I think it was only a surprise in the fact that the momentum seemed to be with Gravity. It was winning lots of awards, admittedly, yeah. technical awards mainly. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron won Best Director, of course. Yep. And I just had this feeling that it, it was beginning to tip in his favour. But but, but most not. of those always look nailed on for Gravity. I mean, you know, yeah. no one else. I mean, obviously visual effects, but the sound mixing, the sound uh, editing, um, the you know, it 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 all looked like it was going gravity's way in those categories and to be honest best director always looked like it was going to be Quaron to me I didn't ever think it was going to be anybody else really um, so yeah I, I kind of thought it was going to be 12 years slave at the end of the day anyway and also gravity for all its great achievements will be the technology will that by definition I think be surpassed in due course whereas I think 12 years slave feels more like a sort of filmic monument and a landmark in, in that sense so um, not to take anything away from gravity which I loved this felt like more of an obvious Oscar film. While having just said everything I've just said about 12 Years a Slave deserving it, I would disagree. A lot of people have said that kind of thing about Gravity. And I kind of really disagree with it. I think Gravity has a real heart to it and a real kind of emotion, emotional story to it that I think is actually going to stand up. And, and also, I mean, people talk about effects, ageing, and that's true of some films. But, it, I mean, it doesn't stop us loving them, generally speaking, if the story's good enough. And I feel like Gravity is going to be one of those. You know, we can tell it's a man in a suit now looking at The Wizard of Oz, what? which was obviously Come a on. tribute to tonight. It, I'm Come sorry, on, The Cowardly Lion. I know it's early. Man in a suit. Um, but, you know, we still love it. I feel like I feel like Gravity might be one of those. I know a lot of people have said things like what you've just said, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that. I mean, I, I agree with you, though. I, I think Gravity has a lot of heart and has a great story. It's quite a simple kind of chase movie, isn't it? The way that Quaron and David Heyman talked about it. Uh, 12 Years a Slave. Um, I don't know. It felt like, for one thing, it was kind of writing a bit of a film wrong in the sense of D.W. Griffiths and his uh, his great sort of great movie about... Um, Slavery. Everyone should know Phil just did air quotes around great. So that's really important. Yes. <laughs> and you should probably mention the name of the film. I should mention the name of the you film. Should. Yes. Intolerance. <laughs> Birth of a Nation. Yes, of course. Which, you know, te- technically was astonishing in its day as well. But the story was slightly sort of palsied. Um, but anyway, yeah. And are, do you, is it, are, do you, are you surprised that, that the, the best, the, the sort of best picture and best director awarded films weren't necessarily the ones that had the acting garlands attached bearing in mind that the bulk of the academy membership are the acting fraternity and not this year just because i mean with the possible exception of lapida nyongo all those acting awards looked pretty sewn up for for quite some time and, and and i think they are cases where the performances may be greater than the sum of the film um I, you know I, I think dallas buyers club is very good but i think mcconaughey and leto were better than very good in that film um I would almost say the same about Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. Actually, I think it's a, it's a it's a performance that elevates the film rather than, you know, being on level with it. Um, so they felt quite sewn up. I I I predicted. Uh, I think when we had to put our money where our mouth was, I think I predicted Lupita Nyong'o for uh, for Twelve Years a Slave. I'm really glad she got it because I think. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic in American Hustle, but in a very I don't know, in a, in a way that's almost out of step with the rest of the film. 
It's a showy, flashy performance. I do wonder if the momentum swung wildly away from American Hustle uh, mm. once people got a little bit of a chance to reflect on it. We liked it at Empire. We gave it four stars. But on reflection, with a bit of hindsight, it is a bit of a, a, bit of a nothing film, a bit of a papier-mâché film, really. There's not a lot to it, not a lot of substance or depth. It's just a caper movie, really, ultimately. Uh, some very, very good performances, and she's great in it. I do wonder if there was a reluctance on the part of the Academy to give uh, someone so young two Oscars in a row, yeah. uh, given that she's, you know... We, did, we can't tell the future, sadly, but uh, she's probably going to have a few more nominations uh, down the line, I would say. so. Feels like a fair bet. She's yeah. three in already. Absolutely. Whether it's going to be a Streep-esque 18, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o, I think, over the last few weeks was beginning to uh, sneak up and uh, steal some of the, the, the big acting awards. So that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. That's a really, yeah, she's fantastic in the movie. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, I I thought it might be a little bit closer. Not, of course, that they reveal percentages. It's not like the X Factor final after, after <laughs> the, uh, the event. But um, yeah, it, it has felt that Matthew McConaughey, Jared Leto, and Kate Blanchett's name, especially Kate Blanchett's name, have been written, preordained, uh, stenciled on those awards even before they were handed out in, in a way. Um, were there any other surprises, or were there any surprises? Her, I would say. Screenplay. Yeah. Uh, a very curious win, I thought. Unexpected. Um, I, I heard curious in that you don't agree with it I don't agree with it I mean I, her was an, was an odd one I wasn't quite sure how that found its way into so many categories certainly not best film um, American Hustle as you say I think is, a, is, is rather overrated and, but her I thought was the, the most unlikely choice in that top category and to be honest I didn't think it was likely to win screenplay either I mean I can't remember what I had down for that I think I, I thought or oh, possibly Blue Jasmine to actually win that one I liked her that's all I have to say. About <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know. Thanks. Yeah, for no, no. I liked her, and I thought I feel when it comes to the best original screenplay, it certainly wasn't a very original idea, and I thought Spike Jones uh, executed it very well. It feels like one of those um, Charlie Kaufman type of mm. things that the Academy has given screenplay awards for before. So perhaps it didn't feel like such a big surprise to see, but it was cool to see Spike Jones up there. Yeah. Other films in that category, of course, were Blue Jasmine, Nebraska was in there, which was interesting, American Hustle. Uh, what else was in there? Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club. Interesting. Yeah, so it's it's a fairly... I can't really pick a favourite out of Lala. I can't really pick something that's going to stand out. Uh, unlike all the other ones, mm. where you felt more so than in any other year, and, I, I, and this is variation what I said already, but there are lots of people nominated today who really just might as well not have bothered turning up, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. You know, Christian Bell, Bruce Stern, it's great. You know, you're, you're an elder statesman, it's fantastic. You're going to have a lovely night out, wear a nice tux, bring your daughter, bring, you know, uh, bring your family along. But really, who are you kidding? Stay at home and watch it with us and live tweet with us. Yeah, but but in this one, I think, and in the, probably an adapted screenplay as well, although I think 12 Years of Slaves do that and that went a little bit more. Uh, yeah, it was very, very open. So yeah. I honestly didn't know what they were going to say when they when they, uh, when they they opened the envelope. I would have loved to have seen Wolf of Wall Street take adapted screenplay just mm. because I, I love that film and uh, it, it hasn't really had... It obviously got no love tonight because I think a lot of voters couldn't quite make it through. Um, something about that opening scene with, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio doing things he probably shouldn't have been doing to parts of a hooker's anatomy that he probably shouldn't have been doing them with, you know, seems to have put people off. And I think that's a shame. Wowzers. I need to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Uh, any other notable awards on the night? Because Gravity took a lot of the technical stuff. Uh, best score went to Gravity. That was very interesting. Uh, Stephen Price. Uh, who's only, only his third movie mm. 
as a composer. In fact, yes, only his third movie's composer. Attack the Block, The World's End, and Gravity. And now he's got an Oscar. Yeah, and Not Ant-Man Man coming up is a good time to be Stephen Price. Well it done, him. It is a him. good time to be Stephen Price, uh, whose price, I imagine, is rising rapidly. Hey, hey see what you did <laughs> Even there. Even as we speak. I know, I know. A lot of this stuff you'll be hearing, you may have read already on Twitter, but anyway, come on, I'm tired, give me a break. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. And best song went, of course, to Frozen. Let It Go. Yeah, Let It Go. Not sadly Dobie from Anchorman 2, which... <laughs> Wasn't honest, uh, uh, yeah. Chris, like, get over is up it. With that? It's not a good song. It's a great song. It's, it's not a good the scene. greatest of songs. Honestly, you two got on. The, you know, they just picked something up in their back catalogue, dusted it off, and went. Oh, here's a yeah, here's a tune. It'll do. And they got on stage. I have to say, actually, uh, that the second best song tonight was clearly uh, "Happy" by Pharrell, which yes. was really, really good fun, and actually fact, briefly a, made us all actually perk up a little yes. bit. Uh, it was right at the very beginning. Well, be even then. Uh, but I actually think that's a better song than "Let It Go." Nah, I do too. It's a better nah. song. Really good. I never heard it before. I thought it's lovely. It's a better song, and he has a better hat. He does well. have a better hat. I will grant you mm. that. And honestly, if there were a be- an Oscar for best hat, I mean, he has that baby sewn up. Ultimately, though, Adele Fazal was the better performance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can you imagine what John DeVolte would have made with Pharrell Williams' his name? <laughs> My God. Um, it, was, yeah. it was very odd, actually, that they, they revealed halfway through that the orchestra wasn't in the room. The orchestra was at the Capitol Records building down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, which meant that the performers were singing, presumably they had a TV or something where they could see the conductor um, and, you know, sing in time with him. But I, I think Menzel especially had a little bit of trouble with the time and she seemed to be going a little bit faster than that song is usually sung. Maybe this explains it. John DeVolta's teleprompter was in a different building. There so you go. People were being it. played off by people down the street. Yeah. That's really harsh. It seems a bit rude, doesn't it? it does. The only person who was played off really was uh, Alfonso Cuaron when he came out for the first time when he uh, won Best Editing. Uh, his co-winner, if that's a, the right word, uh, Mark Sanger, he made a speech and then Quaron went to take the microphone and he got played off, which I didn't actually notice because I was too busy live snarking. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was a, a little bit of a moment. But luckily he got back on stage later on and he got to make a very, very nice speech indeed. Uh, any other winners stand out for you? I guess Best Documentary is interesting. Uh, 20 Feet from Stardom hasn't come out in this country yet and it's meant to be very, very, very good. Uh, and that one Best Documentary ahead of... Uh, the Act of Killing, which won the BAFTA, won lots of other things, has a lot of the critical praise uh, uh, afforded to it. Uh, Phil, what did you make of that one? Well, um, I'm surprised, really. I think a lot of people expected Act of Killing to take that one. It's a really serious and superb film. 20 Feet from Stardom is an unashamed crowd-pleaser, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. Um, not perhaps a big surprise, though, that that would be the one that they've picked mm. maybe sitting down to 12 years a slave and act of killing double bill might have been too much for the academy membership but um maybe i don't know i mean it's a shame because i think the bafta's probably got that one right but uh 20 feet is very very good as well yeah um, I, I think it's one of those cases where um 20 feet from stardom is something that all oscar voters implicitly understand they understand that struggle and they very much it very much resonates with them Whereas the act of killing is is uh, as you say tougher and uh, and you know never mind that it's kind of fired up discussion in an entire country and looks like it might change the political process there. That's not what wins you an Oscar apparently. No more than Jared Leto's changed the entire political process in the Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine, his... no the. Sorry, no the. the. Yeah, yeah. No, no, just Ukraine. Yeah, the, the uh, twenty feet from starting thing is interesting because uh, Darlene Love took to the uh, the stage. She's one of the subjects of the documentary. Uh, and she sang her acceptance speech 
probably a little bit too close to the microphone, but you know, she it was it was good. She sang her acceptance speech. Great singer, of course. Uh, came up in the '60s, uh, you know, through Motown, worked with Phil Spector an awful lot. Uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, which you know begins Gremlins, probably for me anyway. You know, the track I associate <laughs> most with her, but. More interestingly, she became an actress uh, later in life, and uh, she is now the third member of the cast of Lethal Weapon 2 uh, to be associated with an Oscar, to win an Oscar. Mel Gibson, Joe Pesci, and and now Darlene Love, uh, which is an amazing stat. Hot fact. That's she plays fact. Trish Murtaugh, Roger Murtaugh's wife. And she sang His Eyes on the Sparrow, which I think we all remember best from Sister Act 2. Uh, there were a couple of other uh, interesting speeches. I mean, a lot of people made very, very nice speeches. The Peter Nyong'o made a lovely speech. John Ridley made a lovely speech. McConaughey made a lovely speech. And in fact, he busted out a rad, a rad, a rad, which is interesting. Uh, I love that. I love that he's aware that that's become a thing. Um, and he was, you know, they, they, they were really great. But I think for me, the most fun speech was the Lopez's, uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez when they won uh, best original song for Let It Go. And they kind of half sung and they did a little bit of a... They did it in rhyme. Yeah, yeah a bit of great. a routine thing. They were reading off a piece of paper, but they kind of still had clearly practiced it. Yeah. As you would. You know, people were criticising him. I saw people criticise him on Twitter. You would practice a speech unless you're an incredibly, um, you know, proficient and, and confident public speaker. You would practice if you were doing a speech in front of a billion people. Heck yes. I mean, I'm sure, quite frankly, there are people on Twitter who have practiced their Oscar speeches in front of the bathroom mirror without yeah. ever making a film. So, yeah. you know, if you're actually nominated, I think you get carte blanche to have a practice. Absolutely. And quite frankly, it was uh, it was a night that illustrated the the benefits of rehearsal because there were an awful lot of people who mangled their introductions. John Travolta is the most famous one I guess but there were other people you know Channing Tatum seemed really nervous he garbled his introduction I still don't know what he was doing on stage or who those six people were with him and Zac Efron yeah there were there were a few other people and even Ellen DeGeneres you know who uh, introduced Christoph Waltz as Christopher Waltz and there were just little there were little flubs all the way through it all the way through it I thought uh, but what did we make of Ellen DeGeneres last year obviously Seth MacFarlane was the host attracted a lot of opprobrium because of uh, you know the boob song and what people perceived as, as sexism and just generally being an unfunny, uh, unfunny person yeah, yeah well um, uh, so what did we make of uh, Ellen DeGeneres it's funny I really like Ellen generally I think she's very good in this Ellen DeGeneres Ellen DeGeneres uh, in this less so I really found I mean even her opening thing which got a lot of love on Twitter I thought was quite weak on humour there were a couple of laughs and towards the end when it got slightly edgier it was funny uh, but generally speaking I didn't think it was good and she relied far too much on just clowning around with the audience sitting in the wrong seat ordering pizza doing selfies like, that's not what great comedy's made of I think it was quite funny to begin with but each one's stretched on and on and then she's passing a hat around getting money off people and it's like there's no real substitute for actually writing a good script I think yeah I agree I, I don't really remember many great singers she, she did a little couple of comedy bits that stuck about I me mean, she's a safe for her hands I guess isn't she you know no, no one's going to be up in arms about anything that she did tonight no. apart from the fact that maybe it wasn't that funny it was it was gently amusing I thought at least I mean and also what I, what I did appreciate was that um her parts and a lot her her sections and a lot of the other kind of usual bump was cut down a bit and trimmed this year and it was still an incredibly long show and had far too many even now far too many montages those her- heroes montages didn't mean anything what didn't serve anything what was that? the animation montage that jim carrey presented was literally the most pointless thing i've ever seen in my well, entire life the heroes montages no, he did. Well, it? he did an animation it, montage. It was, it was kind of part. Yeah, of it. It heroes was, of animation yeah. or something. But Just, honestly, it, I mean, it was ninety percent films from the last fifteen twenty years. It was you know almost all DreamWorks and Pixar, 
and much as I love them and it wasn't even the best bits of the films it was just like why am I watching this why are you wasting my time it's really late and I want to go to bed I said that uh, Jim Carrey did uh, I guess probably have the best presenter speech of the night he was very funny made an off-color speech about you know animated animals making him think he was an LSD which I'm surprised yeah that was maybe funny. he hadn't told the academy he was going to do that <laughs> who knows but uh, yeah he was he was very good you know Played the little world's smallest violin for himself again, going, oh, yeah, I'm sure it'd be great to be nominated. Jim, you haven't made an Oscar nomination worthy film in years. It was it was a f- uh, that was a kind of a funny bit. I think you've got to be a little bit. No, true. Maybe, but there's, maybe, you know, there's but always a little bit of truth. He did. He did do like He did do a, a pretty good impression of Bruce Dern in Nebraska, which I appreciated. The, the film, the, the facial expressions were spot on for that. I thought. <laughs> he did. Yeah, they were actually. Uh, it felt a little cosy. I felt, yeah. to be honest, it kind of made me yearn for for the almost the Billy Crystal days of just doing having interludes even though they weren't always brilliantly funny but they were always kind of worth watching mm. this just seemed to lack structure uh, a little bit and there was a point where it was like you're in a car and you're like who's driving I was it didn't feel like she was kind of running the show she was in, in the audience like messing around with not just all the audience just the front couple of rows of the audience and all the big stars there doing pizza stuff and collecting money in Pharrell Williams's huge hat which I thought was quite funny but kind of needed her to be running it and making it feel like a show and to me it didn't really feel like a show it didn't really sort of cohere in that way yeah but um it, she had some great lines there was she introduced um jonah hill by saying that he showed something in in uh, the wolf of wall street that she hadn't seen in a very very long time that was funny which was hilariously funny and um his penis. he's talking about his penis yeah exactly she called her amy adams on saying that there's 1400 films represented in the room and six years of college and then the camera went I don't know if it was pre-planned but it, it zoomed in on Amy Adams and she went do you, do you go to college Amy and she was like no and she, I think she looked a little miff to be singled out but yeah no, I mean she had some funny bits and, and she, but she's kind of she's fun and, and all those they obviously really like her yeah and maybe after Seth, Seth MacFarlane it needed a bit of that because I don't the- think yeah. Everybody did like that. Well, the selfie bit, the selfie bit was quite fun. You know, the idea that you know she would try and break the record for most retweets, and I think they got close to it. Or they maybe did. Yeah, they did yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, well, that's a very low number of retweets. I have to say, I would have thought it'd been a lot higher than just seven hundred eighty thousand or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, the things like the, the comedy bit with the pizza delivery guy arriving and trying to just—that was just a deathless <laughs> bit. It was. It was like there were parts of the show where it was like this is where comedy segments go to die. Honestly, I quite enjoyed it, the pizza. Were, the, oh, well, it no. didn't. It didn't feel like she was hosting a show. It felt like I don't know. If, not to bring everything back to the West Wing as I always do, but during the live West Wing, she sort of compared the ad breaks and that. And it felt like that, like she was just extemporising nonsense and wandering around backstage and doing stuff. And that's what this felt like. It didn't feel like a scripted show. And but she very much was controlling the show because it did keep moving very, very fast. Perhaps in and, spite of her, rather than no, because of I her. I think I think she was basically uh, absolutely in control and just making it look easy. What was with the guitar? Yeah, there was one shot where the, the uh, it came back after an ad break, and she had a guitar, which she didn't and play. She didn't play, and no reference was made to it ever again. And I do wonder. <laughs> it did seem to be that they were they were just kind of winging it at a certain point, and I don't think he can wing something as big as the Oscars. Anyway, I, I don't think she was a. I don't think she was a great success, um, but. I was just going to, the pizza thing for me came from the fact that, you know, all the people that sit through the Oscars 
talk about how hungry they get. They don't get any food for yeah. four hours. Clearly, that came from the conversations she'd had with people that have been at the Oscars where they were always complaining about the lack of food. And she's like, well, give them food and that'll be... But, but that's not so, really for the audience. This felt that's so low-key and thought through. There was nothing high concept about it. There were, there, were, there were no Billy Crystal inserting himself into loads of movies, things. There were no musical numbers. You know, set, you criticize, I thought Seth MacFarlane was dreadful last year, but at least he, he had musical numbers. He tried stuff. You know, if you're going to bring pizza to everyone, don't just bring two or three in. And the joke is, that, oh, we can only afford two or three. But honestly, go all out and have a dozen pizza delivery guys come in and, and deliver hundreds of pizzas uh, at, at the same time. A little showmanship. That's funny. That's funny. It just felt to me that they were kind of, you know, I'm almost apologising for it. And then there were, there were other... There were other things about the show that didn't work. There were too many montages that went on forever. Um, Pink, for some reason, was singing a tribute to The Wizard of Oz. Did anyone understand why the hell that was happening? Bette um, Midler. And Bette Midler um, in the In Memoriam bit, making, I'm sure, everyone who was in, in the In Memoriam bit uh, glad that they were dead because they didn't have to sit through it. Uh, she would have been X'd off on the uh, X Factor, I think. It was she, was, she was a bit off-key. It the show was a little patchy. It had good bits and it had some average bits. But what always gets me is there's so many. You know, they're celebrating all these amazing storytellers and all these incredible technicians, and 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 and, and they're just like that's the best you can do. It's a bit kind of like I don't know, just like the world's most boring panto at times. I'd like them to get Colbert next year. Colbert yeah. would be amazing. Colbert, John Stewart would be amazing. I just love somebody John that's funny. Do you know who'd be good? Kevin Spacey. He would yes, be good. Yes, he could do impressions. He could do impressions. Hell, he did an impression of himself tonight and everyone <laughs> loved him for it. That's, I mean, that takes some balls. And he was kind of, not at the forefront, but he every time Ellen did a little bit in among the crowd, he was there and he was giving a lot of energy to it, even the bit with the hat at the end, which was quite funny. He was the one who was giving it the most energy and he was going, oh, here's 20 bucks for yourself, that kind of thing, you know. And he was involved in the selfie. He photobombed the selfie. He photobombed the The second selfie. best photobomb of the evening. Uh, after Benedict, after Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch photobombed you too spectacularly. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I just think he could be he could be great. Colbert would be fantastic. Uh, John Stewart doing it again would be quite fun. Uh, you know, Tina Fey. Yes. Uh, Amy Poehler. Yes. Defecting from the Golden Globes would, would be would be great fun. Of course, there's something a bit very rigid about the structure of the Academy Awards that they still don't really want to seem to mess with it that much and make it about the comedy. You still have to have the pious po-faced montages and musical numbers. I think that's what they do. I mean, they keep messing with everything else and they don't mess with those intros and they don't understand that, that that's what everybody hates. That's what you need to mess with. Yeah, agreed. Where was Jack Nicholson? He wasn't there, Damn, that I can see. Yeah, he wasn't there, no. The front row was actually, it was interesting, wasn't it? You've got, like, Jordan Catalano and the kid from A Bar Boy and no Jack Nicholson. What's up with that? <laughs> Who is that kid from A Bar Boy? How did he get there? <laughs> Who is this plus one? That's what I want to know. All right, we got some very, very quick questions for people um, sent in when we were, when, you know, at, the, at a point when we were awake. So, um, at Acacia Acer asks, which Oscar would you add to the lineup? I just don't think there's enough of them yet. I would say maybe best stunts would seem like a good call. Um, you know, it, it's um it's a category where people literally risk life and limb, mm-hmm. and uh, you know if they get any rec- recognition at all, it's on a much smaller stage. And uh, surely they should be up front and centre. It's not a stunt person, but uh, Sarah Jones, camera operator who was killed in a tragic, horrible accident on the set of Midnight Rider, the Greg Ullman biopic. She was included in the in memoriam section, so that, that was that was quite nice to see. But yeah, for me, it's absolutely. It's absolutely stunts. It's, it's got to be. Mm. And the, the level of craft that those guys put in, amazing. The other option would be something for sort of uh, performance capture. 
but yes. that's such a complicated uh, issue these days. What, what constitutes animation, yeah. what doesn't? Yeah, and voice acting, same kind of thing. Does it count? Where's the line between the two if you do a little bit of motion capture as well? You know, all this kind of stuff. Mm, absolutely. Uh, next question is from At the Starlian Rads, who asks Are we allowed to call Chewatel a Geophore Chewy now? <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Or edgy. Uh, yes. Uh, maybe not to his face. Uh, at Farting Skittles asks, which is most overrated, American Hustle or Sleep? <laughs> sleep, highly underrated. Yeah, I'd give anything to sleep right now. I could I could go a long time without seeing American Hustle again. Uh, Bear 13 says, which of you has had the most caffeine? Phil. I've had so much caffeine, I can't, I can't even... I just put my hand in the air. <laughs> <laughs> On radio. On radio. Brilliant. Uh, and then Anne Warren 87 asks how drunk do you have to be to enjoy the Oscars more drunk than us yeah none of us are drunk Um, sounds like it but but I didn't enjoy the Oscars so maybe I have to be very drunk which for me would probably be a thimbleful of wicked yeah because I don't drink Uh, likewise but there you go hey hey ho we brought it back to Dina Menzel. We brought it back to <laughs> it, edgy, edgy blip blip blip. <laughs> yes. uh, so uh, Adele Fazal. Very very quickly, just to wrap up. I mean, uh, let's quickly do a favourite moment and then give the ceremony marks out of ten. Phil, I think a six is a little probably generous. If anything, it was a, it was very much five out of ten. I would say a five out of ten mm. ceremony. Jimbo, I'd maybe give it a four actually, um, except for my favourite bit, which was obviously John Travolta. And that I would give, <laughs> I would give a solid seven. That to. was the best bit, yes. And right. again, that's something I missed because I was busy farting around on Twitter, and then suddenly Twitter lit up with "He got it wrong, he got it wrong," and then it was a, it was a find, and uh, we've watched it endlessly since. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. But the thing is, it might have something to do with the way he was squinting because he was squinting quite heavily because lots of mole man jokes were going around. Well, I thought um, he left his eyes behind. Yeah, well, that's why we were all <laughs> quoting Event Horizon, where he's going, "He doesn't need eyes to see," uh, uh, but apparently he does because he couldn't read the teleprompter. We were misquoting Event Horizon then, weren't yes. we? Yes. Is that what we were We were, doing? Yes. Okay. Well, we're going, we won't need eyes to see. That's the right answer. Uh, Helen? I'm struggling. I, I guess maybe uh, I like the sung acceptance speeches or sung and, or rhymed acceptance speeches. Um, I quite enjoyed Matthew McConaughey's All right, all right, all right. Uh, I enjoyed Jennifer Lawrence falling over on the red carpet just because it seems like a tradition that you know we now need and require for the Oscars to be complete um, <laughs> and marks out of 10 I mean I'm, I'm probably a generous sort of maybe a six and a half or a seven just because you know I, I don't feel bad about anybody in it I wish them all well and I think the nature of the show is that it's always going to be a bit boring yeah I guess so I mean you know did I actively hate the ceremony no it, it whipped along at a fair old pace we're in here at, what, 5.30 in the morning? That's, I didn't expect that. So that's a good thing. Uh, however, I'd probably go five or so, five, maybe five and a half, because I, I didn't think Ellen was a great host. I didn't think there were many great singers. But I thought, can't really quibble with many of the awards. I think they generally went to the right people. Uh, and, you know, the good things happen to good people, and that's a good thing. Uh, oh, my favourite moment was um, Bill Murray. Um, yes, taking time out from uh, presenting best cinematography and saying we've we left one off the list: Harold Ramis for Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, and Groundhog Day, the three movies, the three Harold Ramis uh, movies that Bill uh, Murray worked on. Uh, Stripes, of course, being another one. It's interesting as well because I, I believe those two had a strained relationship uh, over recent years, and I think they 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 made up just before Harold Ramis uh, passed away. So it was just a, it's just a lovely, beautiful little touchy moment, I yeah. thought. I'm not, I, I guess, you know, divorcing the ceremony itself from the fact that, you know, very deserving films won 
I think we're all pretty happy to see Gravity and 12 Years a Slave do so well and Steve yeah. McQueen and uh, and those guys and Alfonso Cuaron who did amazing work so absolutely yeah you know if we you know we, you know, we tend to do interviews after these things and people always tend to ask us was it a good night for the Brits <laughs> and most of the time we don't care but you know what tonight was a good night for the Brits so hooray hooray for Queen Victoria hooray for England hooray for the Empire Podcast it's goodbye from Helen goodbye it's goodbye from Jimbo <laughs> It's goodbye from uh, what's your name again? <laughs> yes, it's goodbye from Gorgon Three. It's uh, goodbye from Phil, and it's goodbye from me. We will see you on Thursday. No, hang on. No, we won't. See you on Friday for the podcast proper. Uh, until then, we've been delirious. See you next time. <laughs>